Hello and welcome to the Can You Hear Me podcast. I'm Pav and I'm joined as always by Preet. Hi everyone. That was a good Pav you just pulled there. Yeah, I've been practicing in the mirror (laughs) since the last episode. Hi everyone. Bye Bye everyone. everyone. That's so classic me. It's a trademark now. Yeah, I guess so. People listen to the episode waiting for the, hi, everyone. (laughs) I imagine they do anyway. Which is why our retention rates just drop after that. Yeah, yeah, because that's eight seconds in. They're like, okay. And then they go towards the end and there's a spike right at the end. It's like, Mm. bye, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're going to have to get this episode done in under 10 minutes because I don't think I can lie cross-legged on the floor like this for for a whole episode. (laughs) We're literally recording on the floor. I think it's super comfy, but Preet's really struggling right now. And I have to keep pointing him towards the mic as well because he speaks really far from the mic. Either that or I'm speaking really closely to the mic. Mm. I should practice my lotus posture. (laughs) Yeah, see, I teach you so much yoga. Might, Mm. Might be something that you can try and practice every day. Well, I've been reading this this yogananda autobiography for the last month so hopefully and it's it's so disappointing that you still can't sit in a lotus posture well i haven't been initiated (laughs) you don't have to be yes you do they protect (laughs) this stuff like it's like you know Uh, secret source what else have you been up to uh not much basically reading about dogs uh, incessantly in every spare minute i have thinking about what breed of dog that i would want to get you or us? It's actually really difficult. Well, us. Yes, you and that's correct. Wow. We're in a relationship episode and here's Mr. Worldwide just <laughs> thinking about himself. <laughs> exposing yourself now. It's really difficult though because because we live in in uh, in London in a relatively, I mean, a decent sized apartment, but still it's flat, right? And the dogs that we want are like you know they need a lot of space and normally recommended for have gardens and stuff like that um it's it's leaving us in a bit of a conundrum yeah but i think we found the breed mm-hmm. the other day let's not tell them oh yeah yeah, yeah. Keep it <laughs> <laughs> okay so in today's episode we are reviewing season one episode two of esther perel's podcast titled motherless women um Over here, we're actually looking at a same-sex couple who've just had their second child and are, you know, this has actually impacted their relationship now. One partner is entirely invested as a parent and the other one is trying so hard to maintain that connection that they had before the arrival of the second child. So I personally thought it was an interesting episode. Lots of themes coming to my head. How did you find it, Preet? Yeah, interesting also because it's the first episode we've listened to um, with the same-sex couple. So mm. a lot of those gender dynamics are now sort of, I guess, out the window in some ways. Yeah, that's so true. And and honestly, to me, this was a conversation about desire versus the need for security. And like, it's a conversation that I imagine taking place between a number of couples, but behind closed doors i think that people who openly talk about this at least the people i know who talk about these things openly and and so i'm so glad esther perel actually had a podcast um addressing this so what i hear from this couple is one person saying look i know you love me but that's just not enough for me i want to feel desired and then the other person saying 
I think you're asking too much. Mm. And it's the it's the question of, is that fair? Is that too much? What is going on over here? Mm. And there's so many things personally that I feel like need to be unwrapped. Firstly, I think this is quite key and this is probably why I really liked um, what I heard from Esther Perel when I first listened to her. It's this, there needs to be this recognition that the meaning of a committed relationship, and that could be marriage, for instance, has just evolved so much in a short period of time. So when you think about it in the past, it used to be primarily an economic institution. Like if I asked my mom and dad, it was probably just that when they did get married and probably a bit of love when they finally did get to know each other. But now it's evolved into like this romantic arrangement. So now when I look at a partner, I don't just look for security and like stability, but I also look for, am I feeling desired? Do I desire this man? So much has changed over time, which I think is really interesting. Mm. So our need for stability versus our need for adventure. And this makes perfect sense when we think about it. So when I'm when we're first on a date with someone new, you, you know, there's nothing that we know about them. So it's the unknown that drives up your imagination, which mm-hmm. in turn builds desire between two people. And I'd like to think of this as a desire bucket. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's bucket number one. And then months later, you're now so in love with each other and there's such stability and I know exactly who this person is there's more certainty and security and I'd like to think of this as like the security bucket two completely different buckets and and Esther says how we as humans are on this continuum between desire and security Mm. and too much of either one I think can throw us off balance completely that's really interesting and this is what I hear from the couple yeah, and uh, firstly, the acknowledgement of that—it's like un- understanding that that is actually what's underlying the problem. I don't think they probably recognized that at first. They probably they came in, and a lot of it was around one of the partners feeling like they weren't having enough sex, mm. basically. As and that's kind of the like a symptom of a deeper underlying thing, which is what you're talking about around desire. Right? Exactly, but because most of the time when you think of a couple your expectation is love and I don't think people recognize or have even that recognition of saying they're actually two different things there's security which is you know the bracket of love or whatever but there's also desire which is you could give me a lot of security but that's just not going to fulfill my need for desire which is I want to feel you in a different way and that comes with just feeling you know desire the unknown and Mm. the uncertainty and the sense of adventure that that I once had with you. And now we've obviously evolved into being secure in a relationship, which Mm. is exactly what we strive for when we start off dating. It's Mm. really interesting how the human mind works. And then you come back to saying, well, I feel like the desire is lost now. Mm. How do we, where's it gone? Like, why is good sex faded? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I know from just sort of reading some of the passages of the books that you've you've read of Esther's as well, that um, when when they think about desire, it's not always physical it doesn't have to be or it doesn't have to be stimulated by that but it's like you know sense of adventure as well doing things with your partner um doing things creatively just something that like breaks the monotony of that kind of day-to-day which is secure and predictable but not always necessarily exciting Mm, absolutely so i think one of the, the key things i wanted to talk about was around 
the roles in relationships. So I think that's another thing that came out of this episode where you see that the two partners take very distinct roles. So you have one partner who's who takes more of the, I guess, the the carer mother kind of role, and the other is less so. And how that affects the dynamics. So you know, the one that's basically doing the mothering is just basically emotionally and physically exhausted from those responsibilities and doesn't necessarily have the time to commit to investing in the intimacy with the partner that that she's craving and is missing since the since the child came into the equation and i guess uh i wanted to to talk about whether whether those roles are just predetermined and you kind of just have to accept them and and work within those existing roles or whether they can be challenged Hmm. what do you think i don't know it's it's almost a it's quite a philosophical question because it's (laughs) it's almost like you know all of the all of the concepts of where we are now in 2021 and new concepts of feminism um postmodern ideas around you know uh gender roles and Obviously, this isn't a gender-related episode because it's it's two women. But I think the, 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 those ideas of roles still stand. It's like a lot of women are now aren't basically challenging those ideas of what should I just be the mother and um, uh, why can't I, you know, why can't we both kind of do go fifty-fifty on most of these roles and responsibilities? Whereas Esther, in this case, in this kind of episode, I think she's more of the sense that you sort of accept the roles and thrive in those roles and then just make each other happy based on the roles that you play in the relationship. So I thought it was quite interesting. It's a little bit different than I think how a lot of people would interpret the situation. Yeah. And and I guess no episode's complete without us actually talking about our childhood because the roles that you've just described here or you've defined, I feel genuinely comes from our childhood and ultimately we come out with a need that's stronger than the others so the first need would be some of us have this greater need for like protection and grounding and therefore that ter- like ultimately is you being that mother and some of us want more space and freedom and time alone mm. and and it's like i think the beauty of being in a couple is that we tend to find someone else who's got slightly bit more of the other mm. thing that we wish we had in us mm. Yeah, yeah, and actually that, that's so that kind of lends itself to thinking that you know you shouldn't necessarily strive for equality in terms of the outcome of the relationship. It shouldn't be you know we're, I'm going to do fifty percent of the of the caring of the of the child, and you're going to do fifty percent, and I'm going to do fifty percent of the you know cooking or whatever it is. Like that's not necessarily the the way to deal with it, but it's to just embrace who you are and who your partner is. Right, if they're really into caring and they're into taking up those motherly responsibilities then accept that and and embrace that because it's a great thing but also don't neglect the uh the the, your needs and your wants and and that's kind of what they're saying here you know that the partner's saying i don't want to lose what we had before despite the fact that i know that you're obviously really enjoying being a mother and then it's just accepting those and reconciling those but I think getting it out out in the open probably is the first thing, isn't probably. it? Probably. But it's also the hardest thing, like mm. is. I mean, it might be the easiest thing when you finally come to realise what it is, but 
to come to that realization is so hard especially when you're juggling kids and mm. and then you miss what you've had and then the other person doesn't miss what you had and then you feel like you're asking too much and mm. the other person feels guilty for not giving you what you want and mm. there's just you know tensions run high and mm. and these the couple obviously are you know in need mm. of some advice yeah because yeah, they yeah. want this to work so badly but they just don't know what's going on mm. And it's so easy when you've had kids and then you just find the other partner focused so much on the kid that you can't help but think, wait, do they not love me anymore? Am I not desirable anymore? What What's going on? Yeah, yeah, totally. It can be a lonely experience as well. You can mm. imagine it to be. Yeah, especially for that, that person who takes on that role who is not kind of doing most of the mothering and the caring. They, they're the one who's sort of left on the outside yeah. a little bit. I can also imagine the person who's taken on that role of a mother feeling lonely because if you if you think about it, she's probably investing every waking second being with the kids. And if she's not, she's still thinking about the kids and mm. there's no time for herself. Mm. So in both cases, there's just a lot going on. Yeah. They just need some some time and some boundaries to mm. just to recognize how they're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that was kind of what the resolution was in the end wasn't it it was around for the one who's doing the caring can the other partner instead of asking for you know intimacy directly can she do things to help her partner like let help her relax help her have more time for herself which consequently is going to help her feel more fulfilled and ultimately come back to the relationship in a more refreshed way that's right and sub and for the other partner it was to feel like she was still being seen and heard so um, just small things like you know um, making time for dates and things like that was was all she really wanted hmm. speaking of date night tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> wait it's my turn isn't it yeah yeah oh. tuesday nights are yours aren't they well yeah hmm. they are what, what, we, what we got planned for? <laughs> yeah Preet's so much better than me and uh, just planning dates i'm just not planning very... dates where you can't leave the house is, is a little bit different. Under lockdown, you've definitely yeah. nailed it. Yeah. But yeah. I made you a great cocktail the other day. That was good. That was pretty <laughs> good. Okay, so that was season one, episode two. And we will be back soon with another episode from Esther's Where Should We Begin podcast. Thanks again. Bye, everyone. <laughs>